0: thank you for joining us here at Plevna baptist church uh, we just recently a week ago celebrated the death and resurrection of our lord and savior jesus christ a week prior to that we finished the book the old testament book of ecclesiastes and so today we get the opportunity to start a new book and i've chosen the the book of first john um, it's it's a very easy read and there's a lot in it that we're going to look at over the next several weeks So I would encourage you as you have opportunity to just read it through once or twice on your own. And today's, we're gonna start with three questions about proclaiming the word of life. That's the title of the message, proclaim the word of life. Question number one is who or what is the word of life? Question number two is what do we proclaim concerning the word of life? And question number three is why do we proclaim the word of life? And I think about proclaiming, I think about communication. I think about how does communication and the way people interact changed over time. You know, a long time ago, they didn't really have very many options. They would talk to each other. They would just have to walk from place to place, whether it was across the house or whether it was across town, if they wanted to communicate. Uh, over time, people probably got tired with that and started to develop other ways. Uh, the telegram was invented in the 1830s to the 1840s. Later on in 1876, uh, Alexander Graham Bell patented the first telephone. And you know, from that point on, it's kind of taken off like wildfire to what we have today. We have the internet. And the internet is a very uh, important tool if we're going to communicate, especially in situations like this, where this virus has kind of kept us away from being able to talk to each other. Face to face. You know, and, and YouTube is the method that we are using as a church. Uh, some people use Facebook, I'm sure there's many of other ways, but we're using YouTube. Um, Noah was able to put all this together, thankfully. Uh, so we are able to communicate. And on YouTube, you can find probably anything you want. Uh, you, can, you can learn how to sew a dress, which I haven't done. <laughs> you can learn how to cook a meal, you can learn how to fix your car. Uh, you, can, you can find reviews of books that people have read. You can find all sorts of things if you just Google uh, something on the YouTube, which obviously you did if you're going to be listening to this message today. Um, but, it, but, it, but whatever means of communication that you like, whether it's in person or whether it's talking on the phone or something online, I just want to encourage you. What I think John would encourage you if he was in the world today speaking to us, to use whatever means necessary to communicate the word of life. And before we dive in to see what does John have to share with us, uh, we're going to pray and ask God's blessing on this. God, I thank you for your word. I thank you, God, for this YouTube channel that we're able to use to communicate your word, to proclaim the word of life to whoever happens to tune in. God, I just pray for the words to say that it would come out clearly and accurately, and this, that the computer part of things, the technology would work out God so that your name is praised by whoever hears these words and puts them into practice. And I thank you for this opportunity in Jesus name, amen. So my first question is who or what is the word of life? First John chapter one, verses one and two, it says that which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked at and our hands have touched. This we proclaim concerning the word of life. The life appeared, we have seen it and testified to it, and we proclaim to you the eternal life, which was with the Father and has appeared to us. So this question, who or what is the word of life, might sound like an odd question to you because maybe you say, I already know who the word of life is. But based off of this, I could see people being a little bit confused or wondering what is this word of life that we're discussing. So I just wanna look at uh, how we know that the word is a who and not a what. Um, If we go to the book of John, which was also written by 1 John, uh, you you find kind of a similar beginning to the start of his book. It says, and this will help us to clarify that this word is a who and not a what. It says, in the beginning was the word. The word was with God and the word was God. He was with God in the beginning. So you find out this word is a name and it's a name you know, because of the pronoun he. He is the word, he was with God, and he was God. So we know now that this is a person. Uh, We learned a little bit more about this in the verse 14. It says, the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. Well, who was the one that came from the Father down to this earth, Uh, we celebrate at Christmas time. It's Jesus. So the first thing we see is that the word of life is Jesus. <clears throat> if we continue on in our in our passage, uh, we, we see that this word is the word of life. Which uh, says at the end of verse one, we this we proclaim concerning the word of life. And this word of life, Jesus, was there from the beginning. Now the word beginning, can be a little bit confusing because it makes you think of a starting point. As if there's going to be a big race that's run, all the runners line up at the starting point and you say go or you shoot the gun and from that point on, they take off. Well, that's the beginning line. Or if I take a a coloring crayon or a pencil and I get my piece of paper and I start here and I start going this way, you look here and say this is the beginning point. But when we say the word of life is, is there from the beginning, we're not talking about a beginning point. You know, Jesus wasn't created. He didn't start at creation when he created the world as Colossians 1.16 tells us. He didn't begin at, at Christmas time when he was born as a baby. The beginning refers to forever back. Um, there was never a time where Jesus never, never was. He's from eternity past, he always was. And I know it's very difficult to to wrap our minds around, but it's true. Jesus has always been here. And so when it's talking about Jesus is from the beginning, it's from eternity past. There was never a starting point. Jesus always was. So Jesus is the word of life. Jesus is from the beginning. And Jesus is also the source of eternal life. Uh, John 3.16, I bet you know it. It says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. Jesus is the source of eternal life. First John uh, five verse thirteen it says, I write things these things to you, so you to I write these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God, so that you may know that you have eternal life jesus is the word of life and jesus is the source of life obviously the life that we live because he created life but also the source of eternal life so who is the word of life jesus is the word of life we're going to continue with question number two what are we supposed to uh, proclaim concerning the word of life now you think about the word proclaim Uh, And that's what it is in the NIV. The New King James Version says bear witness to. And the idea is to make something known. You know, you think about somebody who witnessed an accident. I remember uh, when I was working for for a window washing company in Spokane, probably, I don't know, 15 years ago. And me and my partner were just sitting there at this intersection and this big van, like a 15 passenger van, cut right in front of somebody. And Just got nailed by this little car. Well, we were the witnesses when that when the cops showed up We were able to say this is what happened We were able to proclaim and tell this is what happened Uh, Another way to look at this uh, a lot of you parents have had kids do this Uh, Maybe you have this more often lately because the kids are home so much more but when you're when one of your kids uh, the brother picks on a sister or the sister picks on a sister or the brother does something to a, a brother, what do the kids want to do? They want to proclaim what happened to them. They want to bear witness that my brother did this. My sister did that. Mom and dad do something about that. They're bearing witness. They're trying to tell mom and dad, this is what happened. And that's kind of what the idea is to bear witness to the, to, uh, to the word of life. Now, what are we going to bear witness to? Well, we're going to look and see that what John bore witness to. I want to read verse one again. It says that which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked at, and our hands have touched, this we proclaim to you. So a simple way of looking at this is John is proclaiming what John has experienced. Uh, You know, first of all, he's proclaiming what he experienced before uh, before Jesus died, while Jesus was alive, uh, John traveled around with Jesus for three years. And what did he, what did he do that whole time? He observed, he, heard, he listened to Jesus's teachings. He, he watched Jesus do miracles. He, he watched, he experienced life with Jesus as he was living it as a man. Whatever Jesus was doing, he brought his disciples along. He's saying, this is what is real. I was there and I'm proclaiming to you what really happened. You know, i'd like to go through the book of john right now and tell you these are the kinds of things that john experienced uh, but we did go through the book of luke uh, a while back and it took us about a year and a half and you know we only have about another 20 minutes or so as we go through this so i don't think we have time to cover the whole book of john so i would encourage you if you want to know what are these things that uh, john is referring to that jesus did and jesus taught and the miracles that he did read through the book of John, it's it's a very easy read and you'll, you'll learn a lot from that. So John proclaimed what happened while Jesus was alive from experience, but John also proclaimed what happened after Jesus rose again, that wonderful, marvelous event we celebrated just a week ago when Jesus conquered death to give us eternal life. A couple of passages we can look at in John chapter 20, verses 19 and 20, we find out that, the first experience John has with Jesus after he's risen from the dead. It says, On the evening of the first day of the week, while the disciples were together with the doors locked for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands and sighed. The disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord they were hiding in fear of people who didn't like Jesus. And they thought, well, they they got rid of Jesus. They're gonna come after us now. And so John is going to say from experience, we're hiding in this room. And all of a sudden Jesus appeared. We were able to touch him. We were able to see him. We were able to hear his voice. And I'm telling you, Jesus really is alive. Uh, First Corinthians chapter 15, something else that he could brought to their attention. He says, Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, that he was buried and that he raised again on the third day according to the scriptures, and that he appeared to Peter and then to the 12, meaning and John was one of those, those disciples. After that, he appeared to more than 500 other brothers at the same time. He's proclaiming to them, Jesus didn't just live and Jesus didn't just die. He's saying Jesus rose from the dead to conquer it and to give us eternal life. I want you to know what I know from experience. You know, I told you last week that if you want to kill Christianity, all you have to do is disprove the resurrection. Because all of Christianity, all of our faith hinges on the, the fact that Jesus rose from the dead. And John knows that. And so he's trying to make it clear that I was there. I experienced. I saw this, I learned it from experience. Jesus really is who he said he was and Jesus really rose from the dead. John proclaimed the word of life with it, with his, by, by using his experience to try to convince people. And that's what you and I need to do. We need to proclaim the word of life and use our experiences to try to help convince people. Now, I wish I could tell you that I had an encounter with Jesus, that Jesus came walking into the church and said, hey, Josh, I'm Jesus, Uh, you wanna come down here and touch me? I know you see me and you hear me, but he didn't do that. I've never seen Jesus. I've never heard Jesus' voice. All I have is the same thing that you have. So what can I proclaim about Jesus? Obviously, it's not gonna be exactly the same as Peter, I mean, as John, but think about uh, how many of you would claim to have salvation? What are you saved from? how did you get saved that's something that you know by experience that jesus did for you that you can tell somebody else that's the point that's what john is trying to get out i want you to know what i know so that you will believe what i believe and we need to do the same thing what do we know that we can convince somebody else that what jesus did was really real we can use our personal experience Uh, I've been working on this pandemic toolbox, which was my wife's idea. I'm just running with it and I tried in that little video to try to give you some uh, Idea of what hope is and what it really means and I gave you my personal experience with that and how Romans 8 28 Really changed my life and we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him who are called according to his purpose I know that by experience. I didn't I didn't understand those words. I didn't take Jesus at his word. But when I finally did, I had the peace that passes all understanding. Yes, I still have lots of problems. I still have lots of struggles and issues and fears, but I know that God is in control. That gives me great peace. And I know that God has a plan for what he's allowing. He's not just Oh, let's see what how Josh reacts to this. Let's see how Josh gets out of that. He has a purpose. His purpose isn't to make me happy, uh, either that or he's doing a lousy job at times because a lot of what I go through doesn't make me happy. God's goal is to make me like Jesus, and we're gonna look at that at some point in this in this uh, book. That his his goal is to make me like Jesus, and he's gonna do whatever that takes. So I can use my own personal experience to try to convince other people that Jesus is real, that what he says in his word is really accurate. But also I can tell people, this is what God's word says. Once you get saved, yes, you have salvation. But like I just said, you still have problems. You still have issues that you're going to have to deal with. You're still going to struggle. So from God's word, I can give people hope that I can overcome this temptation that I'm facing. 1 Corinthians 10, 13 says, every temptation that you and I face, it's common to man, but there's always a way out. There's always that little door, that little exit sign, we just have to find it. And we can use God's word to give somebody hope that, yes, you're struggling with this temptation, you gotta get your focus off that temptation, and you gotta look for that little exit sign and walk right through it. Uh, When we're feeling alone, Hebrews 13.5 says, God's not gonna leave you or forsake you. He's never going to get away from you. He's always going to be right there with you. And we can give people hope and confidence that God is always with us based off of what God's word says. You know, because loneliness is one of the worst things in life that people have to struggle with. Uh, even if you're in a crowd crowded room, people feel lonely. But God is not going to leave you. He's always going to be with you. And another example is, is when you need wisdom. I can give people hope that, you know what? James 1.5 says, if any of you lacks wisdom, he should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault. You, you gotta make a decision about a job. You gotta make a decision about how to raise your kids. You gotta make a decision about um, if you're supposed to move or not. If you need wisdom, you can ask God for it. You're not gonna be able to open up the Bible and say, should I move? What should I, um, should, I should I take this job? But if you pray for it, God can give you that wisdom. As we're supposed to use our own experience, and we're supposed to use God's word to try to convince people who the word of life is and the importance of knowing the word of life. <clears throat> now, I want to uh, mention a, a few ways to do this. Uh, ways? How do we share the word of life? Well, there's, there's a super great big number of ways and I, I think one of these ways has to be your way of communicating not everybody communicates the same way uh there's there's just lots of different ways uh one of the best ways to do it is one-on-one communication which i realized might be a little bit difficult right now to communicate with somebody in the outside world because of the virus we're supposed to stay six feet away from each other we're supposed to put on a mask And it might be difficult, but at some point it won't be. Some point you're going to be able to communicate the word of life one-on-one. But right now, maybe you can't. Maybe say, you know what, Josh? That's not my way of communicating. Well, have you ever thought about a phone call? You know, you can be on that phone all day long talking to somebody and that virus is never going to come through. Even if you have it or they have it, it is not coming through that telephone line. So you can use uh, the telephone to, to convey or share the word of life. Telephone's not your thing? That's okay. There's the text message. We all, Most everybody can text. Some people like to, some people don't. I kinda like to text. That's why some of you I text mostly. It's because that's just the way I like to communicate. There's emails. You can write out a whole list of things and you can send it to somebody. You can write it in snail mail and put it in a post office, or you can do what we're doing today you can use online, which I realized is really out of my realm. I mean, this is only possible because I have help. I, there's no way in myself I could have done this. And here are some ideas that I wouldn't do either because it's not my thing. Oh, but back home, I had this kid. He's not a kid anymore in my youth group. His name was Jason. And he would get online and he'd do these online games. And I don't know what kind of games he would play, but somehow through that he connected with other people and he started to bring up Topics and he started to share the gospel and he started to challenge people on what do you believe in why. That's technology for you. That's a way of communicating. You're never going to meet this person, uh, most likely, but you can still have an impact on somebody's life. My wife, she likes to, to to watch the news and on her phone and listen, have all these feeds and answer these and see these little comments that people make. Well, this this other this last week. Uh, Somebody had asked a question about faith or about Jesus or salvation and her and some other woman simultaneously wrote out the gospel and sent it off to this guy. She doesn't know who else did it, but she did it too. And the guy said, thank you for that. That's not my style, but that's some people's style. And obviously the YouTube channel, that's, that's my style at the moment. Uh, In church, that's my style. It, It doesn't bother me to get up here and to share the gospel this way but maybe for you say, no way. But I wanna encourage you, figure out what, what way you like to communicate and use that method, message or that method to proclaim the word of life. So question number one, who is the word of life? The word of life is, yes, the Sunday School answer, Jesus. How do we, uh, what do we proclaim concerning the word of life? We proclaim what we have experienced. What did Jesus do for me? He gave me salvation we proclaim what do we learn from God's word and we proclaim that to other people question number three is why should I proclaim what I know about the word of life especially if I'm afraid to do it because I bet some of you are thinking that's not me I'm not gonna tell anybody anything I'm afraid well you know what you don't have to be afraid you know if you're sitting there thinking "I, I wish I knew more Well, why don't you take this time and learn more? If you have questions, what do I say? How do I say it? Call me up, text me, write an email, get online, send me something, and I will do my best to help you. There's all sorts of resources online. There's people that you know that can help you. Don't just say, I don't want to do this because I'm afraid. Uh, It's something that we are all called to do. And why should we proclaim this? Well, uh, verses three through four help us to, to understand that. It says, we proclaim to you what we have seen and heard so that you may have fellowship with us. And our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. We write this to make our joy complete. Now this word fellowship means to have in common. It's a partnership or an experience. It's a special bond. And when I say the word bond, I think we all... Uh, understand kind of what that's like. You think about soldiers in the trenches that are fighting day by night and day to protect each other and defeat the enemy. Or even you have soldiers in the hospitals, the medical staff, the doctors and the nurses, that they, they keep the news keeps calling it a battleground. They're frontline warriors. They have a special bond because they are in this together to fight this disease and to help save people's lives. You think about athletes on on a football field, or on a basketball team, they are doing whatever it takes to work together in order to win the game. You know, people can watch. <clears throat> uh, people can watch on the sidelines. They can go to the games and they could cheer, they could have their popcorn and their peanuts, and and they could yell at the referees and the umpires, and, and they could wear all the, the outfits and, and do look like the total fan. And they could be, they could be the world's greatest fan, but you know what they don't have in common with the players? They don't have fellowship. They don't have this, the common ground of actually being in there doing the work. You know, people uh, I've heard around the country are sitting in parking lots and they're blaring Christian music and they're honking their horns and they're flashing their lights and they're, they're supporting the staff the medical people, as much as they can, but you know what, there's still something missing. They don't have that fellowship because they're not doing it also. If you're involved in it, you have a common ground that everybody on the outside doesn't have. And the same is true for us believers. There's a world out there that we can love and we can know, we can have dinner with, but we don't have a common fellowship with them, a common bond, uh, or at least not the right common bond found in Jesus that that common bond is faith in Jesus for salvation you know I've seen this in the news lately I've seen uh, down in South America somewhere there were uh, police officers driving down the street with with their little Bible and they're preaching the gospel you know what I have a common bond with those guys not because I'm a pastor but because I'm a Christian they're proclaiming the gospel and I don't even know them. They're a different color. They speak Spanish. I don't speak Spanish, but we have a common bond because we're brothers and sisters in Christ. Uh, On Good Friday, there are people who are out there singing hymns. The, The police officers were out singing the same hymns that we would have sang here in church together. We have a common bond. They're in a different time zone. They speak a different language, but we have a common bond. I have a common bond with them I have fellowship with them that I don't have with with people in this town. i share the gospel with some people. We've had people over for dinner that don't know the Lord. We can hang out, but we don't have a common bond. We don't have a common fellowship, even though I can say I know them at least a lot better than the people around the world that I've never met. And this common fellowship, this common bond that we have with each other as brothers and sisters in Christ, John is saying we need to get that out there. We want other people to come and have the same common fellowship with us. But he says it's not just a fellowship you and I have with each other. It's like a triangle. Uh, it's a co- it's it's my fellowship with you, but it's also the the, the common the bond that uh, the fellowship that I have with God, with each other, and with God, and that we have that in in common. Now, I'm just a sinful man. What, what could I possibly have in common with God? I'm, I, he's, he's perfect. Uh, he's eternal. I'm only eternal because he gives me eternal life. What could I possibly have in common? The one thing I have in common, or at least one thing I have in common, is that I, when I trust Jesus Christ as my savior, I become part of the family of God. God now calls me son. He called, calls me his child. He doesn't look and say, that's my enemy. He says, that guy's a part of my family. And I'm gonna spend eternity with him. Because of Jesus, when God looks at me, he sees perfection. Not because I did anything, but because Jesus did something. And I have a common commonality with God now, and it's the commonality of being part of his family. And he says, uh, we, we write this to make our joy complete. Uh, you know, the, the NIV says our joy. I think the New King James says your joy. We'll look at it both ways. First is our joy. If you've ever led someone to the Lord, there's an overwhelming sense of happiness, of excitement. And, and when people get saved, it makes there's a completeness, there's a joy that we only get to experience because of somebody coming to know the Lord that if you haven't done that, you don't get to experience. But if he's saying your joy, he's saying, you know what? If you come to know Jesus as your savior, then you are going to have the source of eternal joy. The world's going to offer you sports. The world's going to offer you marriage. The world's going to offer you entertainment to try to make you happy. Uh, Leslie was telling me that in the news, there's a governor uh, that of one of the states who's saying, we gotta get the sports back. We gotta give people something to cheer for. Even if the no fans aren't there, people can watch it on TV. That's his hope? That's his joy? It's some temporary sport where they throw a ball around or hit it with a racket. That's that's not real lasting joy. That's temporary happiness if your team wins. The real joy that God wants to give you is eternal. And that true joy is only found in Jesus. So I want to recap this real quick. Who is the word of life? It's Jesus is the word of life. Uh, what are you supposed to proclaim the word concerning the word of life? What you have experienced, what you have learned from God's word. And why are we to proclaim this word of life? So that other people can have fellowship. They can have the common unity, have in common salvation with us. And so that they can have the source of eternal and lasting joy. If you already know that, I want to challenge you to share that with other people. You, have, you know the word of life. You, you have the chance to study his word, share it. Get it out there. Now's the best time to do it. The world's more in a situation where it's afraid. This, this, this virus is, is taking lots and lots of people out. It's affecting people. You know, the when 9-11 happened, that was kind of the last big, uh, kind of a American tragedy that I can think of that happened. But that was something that mostly affected New York. I mean, I know that it affects us as a state as a whole, but it's not the same thing as as what this virus has done. People are searching for answers. They wanna know what's going to happen to them once they die. They want to have hope. You have that hope. Share that hope of eternal life with them. Share the hope of, uh, of Jesus, the word of life. And if you don't have that hope, you need that hope. The word of life is Jesus and he came here to this earth to give you the source of eternal and lasting joy. But it's not found in a basketball game. It's not found in your job. It's not found in a new movie that comes out that takes your mind off of your life situations. Your hope is found in Jesus. So I'm gonna pray a prayer and if you want that hope, you wanna have that eternal life, uh, I want you to pray with me. So then you can too go out there and proclaim the word of life to other people. Dear God, I'm a sinner and and, and I've done things that are wrong. I've lied or I've stolen. I've done things that go against what your word says. And God, I am sorry for that. God, I want to have eternal life. I want to know what's going to happen to me when I die. God, I just ask that you would please forgive me. I'm trusting you as my savior. Please, please be my savior and give me eternal life. And please help me to live for you from now on. And help me to proclaim the word of life as I go out about my daily life. And I pray this in Jesus name, Amen. I still want God to pray for those people who know the word of life, who might be unsure of what to say or afraid of of doing it, of being able to convince people. God, I pray that you would give them the courage to proclaim the word of life. And I pray that the people that we talk to would hear your message and trust you for salvation and have the ultimate joy and fellowship that's lasting and eternal. I pray for this in Jesus' name. Amen. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and give you peace. Amen.